0: Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Today I am excited. I want to talk about the idea of keeping love alive. Um, This idea that at the start of any relationship it's all wonderful and amazing and then years down the line it can become very humdrum and uh, we can we can become something that's not so great so I want to kind of try and today unravel that whole idea and for us to burn with passion for our savior and to have the most alive and attentive love uh, for one another that would be great what do you think if we could leave away today with a renewed sense of that passion and romance. So today I want to talk about a Pharisee, I want to talk about a prostitute, I want to talk about tears and hair, I want to talk about kisses, I want to talk about expensive perfume, uh, I want to talk about debt and I want to talk about gratitude. Wow we've got a lot of ground to cover today hey are you looking forward to it? Awesome. So let's read together if we can. Uh, We're gonna read from Luke chapter seven. Uh, It's gonna go up on the screens. And uh, I might pause after a little bit and talk and then carry on reading and talk a bit more, etc. as we go. So here we go. The, The passage is titled, Jesus anointed by a sinful woman. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. A woman in the town, who lived a sinful life, learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came with an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him, being Jesus, at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her hair, Uh, sorry, with her tears then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. Right, I'm going to pause there for a minute. I want to talk about the Pharisee. Maybe you're not sure what a Pharisee is, so I just want to explain for you a little bit so you can understand the dynamics of what's happening here. Because in our culture today, we can read something and we can gloss over a lot of actually what was happening. So Pharisees were Jews. They were a particular sect of Jews and they really prided themselves in their ability to follow all the rules and be really good. They loved how people admired them for the way that they lived their lives, for the way that they were always partaking in the ceremonial washings, giving to the poor, fasting and all the kind of stuff which is good to do but they made a real effort to be seen to be doing it because they were self-righteous maybe or proud in their hearts. Jesus, whenever you see Jesus and Pharisees, there's always a bit of a dust-up that takes place because Jesus cannot stand Pharisees. In fact, he calls them whitewashed tombs, right? Nice and white on the outside, but decay and rot inside. And he's quite open in the way that he deals with them, as you're going to see today. So... If you can imagine this, the scene now, Jesus obviously has been going around and he's been hanging around with the unsavory people. He's getting judged by some people for hanging out with, like, the prostitutes and the tax collectors and what have you. And so a Pharisee thinks to himself, Oh, let's see if Jesus will come to dinner at my house. And so the Pharisee, Simon, invites Jesus to his house. And Jesus agrees and goes to his house and is reclining at the table, right? I can imagine the Pharisee is kind of stood by the door welcoming the other guests and saying, check who's here for dinner. If you like, I can introduce you later, you know? And in the context of this evening or this meal comes a very different person. What the Bible describes as A sinful woman someone who has a reputation around the town what we would understand as a prostitute right she hears that Jesus is at that house and she is so affected by what she has heard Jesus preaching that she has to come she didn't get invited but somehow they let her in and Jesus is kind of on his haunches reclining at the table, low down. And she stood behind him and she's just crying. And her tears are running from her cheeks and landing on his feet. Okay. Now, let's just think. We've talked about the Pharisee. Okay. He, he has this air of superiority about him. He has this sense of, I'm a good guy and I'm deserving of good stuff from wherever. Because I keep the rules like nobody else. And then you've got the prostitute whose only relationships with men are business transactions where, she pay, where they pay her money and she gives them sex. She is a means to an end. She is a momentary muse. She is giving the most intimate part of herself to man after man After man in exchange for a few coins imagine now how she feels on the inside imagine her in the street with her her gaze bowed down not wanting to look people in the eye because of the shame that she feels when she's moving around she just hurries by she doesn't want to pause because she hears people saying stuff about her and it hurts her and she feels alone and she feels trapped and she feels full of shame. She has this hard shell on the outside, but on the inside she's a broken woman. And she hears the same message that Jesus is preaching as the Pharisee, but it, it has an effect on her. And I want to contrast the Pharisee and I want to contrast the prostitute today And I want you and I to be changed by what we hear. Because this is a beautiful story. A beautiful story. And I am inspired by what I see in her life. I want all of us to be as well. So let's read on now with that context, right? So she's there. Her tears are falling on Jesus' feet. She bends down and she wipes his dirty, dusty feet with her hair. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this listener, he said to himself, here comes the judgmental superiority of this man. He doesn't say that out loud. Either he thinks it or he whispers it on his breath so that no one can hear. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet. Right, so number one, the Pharisee doesn't even recognize Jesus for who he is. He thinks he's just a teacher and some have said he's a prophet. And so he's making this judgment now. He says... If, if, he said, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him Ugh. and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. I love Jesus because he doesn't just think, he, this is the real issue here. Jesus could see the Pharisee's heart. And while he was having this conversation in his head, Jesus was hearing every word. And Jesus speaks publicly now in that place to the Pharisee. The Pharisee is just thinking to himself and Jesus speaks to him in that moment. And he says, uh, Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me teacher. He said, two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, which is like 30,000 pounds of money today. And the other 50, 3,000 pounds. This is a big difference, 10 times the difference. Listen now, neither of them had the money to pay him back just remember that and so he forgave the debts of both how awesome is Jesus now which one will love him more I think it's really interesting that it says love there as opposed to which one would be the most grateful hey Which one would love him more? And Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the biggest debt forgiven. And Jesus said, you have judged correctly. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? He makes a point of pointing her out because she's the type of person that hides in society that people don't want to look at. And Jesus says, do you see this woman? Uh, I he says, do you see this woman? I came into your house, right? You invited me, Jesus said to Simon. I'm your guest. Now, in those days, if you were a guest in someone's home, when you were coming for a meal, as you entered the door, a servant would bring a bowl of water and they would wash your dirty feet and dry them as a sign of respect because you have come into their house and you are their guest. Man, Simon is just so gross. It's unbelievable. I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet. That just shows you the heart of Simon. He doesn't care about meeting the real Jesus. He's looking for strokes. He wants to be able to brag to all his other buddies and say I had this guy at my house. He doesn't want to worship him. He doesn't want to love him. He just wants esteem. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss. In those days, Christians used to give each other a brotherly hug. Simon didn't even welcome him with a brotherly hug. But this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. Man, that must have been really awkward. Let's be honest. You did not put oil on my head But she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. As her great love has shown. Man, this this stings now. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. And the other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? What a contrast. Amen? This pious man, the Pharisee, is, he's just after pride. And this broken woman has come into the house. She's heard Jesus preaching about un. Unearned acceptance and grace and love, unconditional love uh, and forgiveness. And she's thinking, man, I want that. This guy is the real deal. And he's changed me. I find hope in him. And she comes, right? And so when Simon had the opportunity to do the right thing, to have Jesus' feet washed and dried, she used Her tears and her hair to honor and respect Jesus for who he was. Amen? She could see. She could see clear, right? Simon didn't even say, Hey, Jesus, you know, nice to see you. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you. And there she is with tender affection and such deep gratitude in her heart, kissing Jesus' feet, the dirtiest part of him, as if to say, you're the Lord, you're my saviour, I'm honouring you today, this is the best that I can offer you right now. So not only does she do that, the Bible tells us that she brings an alabaster jar. Now I imagine... That is the most valuable thing that she possesses, that jar of perfume. And what does she do? She anoints Jesus. Here you've got one super blind guy who is respectable. Yes. Then you have this broken, downcast woman who means nothing in society, who sees so clearly who Jesus is. And she pours out the most valuable possession that she has on him. There's something here for you, folks. I want you to get this today, okay? Treasure. Have you heard that word in the Bible before? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I love the picture. It's it's actually not of gold, but the container that holds the most valuable things in your life. When the Bible uses the word treasure, it's the word thesaurus. And that's what it means. The container for everything that means anything to you. And she brought this perfume and she poured it out in worship to God. And I thought about that a little bit and I, and I believe the reason is this. When she came to the feet of Jesus to worship Him and honor Him And respect him she wanted to make sure there was nothing else in her life that would ever have her affection more than Jesus she was saying to Jesus the little that I have what I've saved up some people say it was like a year's worth of money that perfume I'm just gonna pour it out on you because you are so amazing and you are so worthy that I never ever want to have conflict in my heart about who deserves my adoration or what deserves my adoration. She had decided that Jesus was her new treasure. Do you remember the story of the rich young ruler in the Bible? Maybe you don't. Basically he did all sorts of good stuff and then he came to Jesus and he said, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus said to him, go and sell everything you have and then come back and worship me. And the Bible says that man went away sad. And the summary was, you can't love God and you can't love mammon. You must have one or the other. And this simple, broken woman got it. And I'm hoping you're getting it today, because this is worship. God, everything of my life is yours, and everything that I have, I lay it down for you. I will pour it all out for you as a worship offering, because you deserve it. I'm not gonna hold anything back as my own, It's all for you, Jesus. Let me just say something today. If you want to move your heart, move your treasure. If you are conflicted by the stuff in your life, move it and put it in Jesus. Don't be tempted into complacency with your possessions the earth is the Lord's the Bible says and everything in it when you think you're being generous giving to God it was already his you just needed to learn to let go of it amen she brought the most expensive possession that she had right let's talk about debt And i would like to read the story again just so that we can get some context so verse 41 two people owed money to a certain money lender one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. neither of them had the money to pay him back so he forgave the debts of both now which of them will love him more i want to just talk around that idea of debt I want to say today, that on a level, the gratitude from the one who owed the most debt was greater. But what we need to understand is the amount doesn't matter. What matters was they were in debt and they didn't have a means to pay it back. So whether it's five pounds or five million, when you can't pay, you're in a spot, amen? Now in those days, if you had no assets, if you had no money, if you had no friends or family who could put the money up on your behalf, you went into slavery. It was a big deal. Unfortunately today, Debt is not such a big deal, it would seem. Because they make it so easy for people to get into debt. But let me tell you, it is not good. If you've ever been in a position where you have been in debt and you did not have the resources, you did not have a job, you did not have family or friends that could bail you out, and you had to pay, you'll understand this point. When I was a younger boy my mom unfortunately was not wise with her finances. And I can remember the trauma as a child of living in fear because the bailiffs were about to come and take our stuff because we couldn't pay the debt back. I can remember as a young lad sitting on my dad's shoulders trying to unscrew a light fitting from the ceiling so that we could take stuff before they came and cleaned us out. And we ended up in a position where we had nothing. We had to live in a council flat. My mom was an alcoholic and we couldn't pay our debts. If you've been in debt, you'll understand. I want to tell you today. Listen please now, this is the most important thing I'm going to say. Every single one of us, every single one of us was in spiritual debt. Some of you sadly are still, but we can rectify that later. Keep listening. Every single one of us was spiritually in debt to God and it was our sin That put us there. You need to understand this because you won't understand the response of this prostitute unless you get this. Every single one without exception was in debt spiritually. We did not have the means to pay it back because none of us could be perfect When you were at your worst, when I was at my worst, when I had no way and you had no way of paying back my debt, when we were alone, without family, without friends, in the dark, Jesus came and he paid our debt. For us. You need to understand before we received that gift from God the devil owned us and he was waiting for the day that we would die and he would come and put the chains on and take us to hell. In fact he wasn't just waiting he was actually. Actively working to shorten this life so that we would die sooner so that He could drag us to eternal separation from God, because we deserved that. Our sin had put us in that position. And while we were feeling our most helpless and our most lost and our most sinful, wonderful Jesus paid our debt with his own life and he set you and me free just let that sink in for a moment because it's easy for us to say praise God I want you to realize the position that you were in and some of us today are still there you had nothing to offer The food had run out, the electricity had run out, there was no heating, there was no light. You were by yourself in the darkness, spiritually. Helpless. And Jesus saved you. Not because you deserved it, but because he's good. And there's one person in this story today that understood this. Can you see which one it was? I want to just be super clear today because I want to talk about gratitude now. Gratitude is the fuel of life. If you think you deserve anything good from God, you're wrong. If you think he owes you anything, you are wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. I want you today to see Jesus through the eyes of that prostitute. I want you to process what she was feeling In the presence of her saviour, knowing the life that she lived, knowing the opportunity that she had, where the direction of her life was taking her, the shame, the emptiness. I want you to see Jesus through her eyes today and I want you to feel what she felt because you and I are the prostitute. You're the prostitute, my friend. I'm the prostitute. And if we think we're not, then we're the Pharisee. And that's even worse. Because the only difference between the two of them was that the prostitute knew she was rotten to the core. And that she needed saving. It's heavy. Amen? I'm not trying to offend you today, but I want to stir something inside of you. Because we're all too very controlled when it comes to Jesus. We're all too dignified when it comes to Jesus. Because we didn't realize where we were going. It was only by the grace of God that he whisked us away and saved us. You know, when I was younger, going through all of this, my mom eventually died and my stepfather committed suicide and I was all alone. I had no family. I had a few great people in my life at the church that I was going to. I wasn't a Christian. I was just a young lad. I know what it's like to be alone. I know what it's like To have people that you trusted who you loved hurt you that's what I was dealing with why did you allow this to happen to me you want to know what helpless feels like and you know what my natural response to that was was to shut myself down I would not let another person come close to me because the people who should have looked after me let me down. I will not love people because it hurts when I do that. And as a young lad, when I traveled from the UK to Zimbabwe, my aunt and my uncle, you would have met them a few weeks ago. I call them my mom and dad. They were like my new mom and dad. They came and they took me to stay with them in Zimbabwe. And I was a shell. Of myself emotionally I was cut off I used to just wander around this big garden with my football just kicking it in front of me up and down the garden and inside of me I wanted to say things like I love you but I wouldn't let myself because I'd been hurt and it was in that situation that Jesus came clearly to me and I believed him when he said he loved me. I believed him when he said he cared about me, that he wanted to forgive my sins, that he wanted to give me hope and a new opportunity for a new life. And I took a risk and I let him in. And I wanna tell you today, I'm not perfect. But what I am today, by the grace of God, is a totally different person. What I'm trying to tell you is that we are emotional beings and when we shut that off we shut off who God has made us to be and we don't connect like we were designed to connect. And God wants to connect with us on such a deep and emotional level. And yet somehow we may have grown up in a society that's taught us that's not acceptable. Or we've been hurt and damaged and we need healing. Because we won't let ourselves be emotional. It's not acceptable for us to be emotional with others. It's not acceptable to be emotional with God. And I want to tell you it's the most appropriate response When we worship the Lord, there should be tears. We should be living out of great gratitude. Every day, so grateful for who God has caused us to be and what he saved us from. Gratitude is the fuel that keeps love alive. You know what sadly happens is we fall into complacency and we've been a Christian maybe for a little while and we've tidied stuff up on the outside but we're still broken on the inside and we always will be till Jesus comes back. But it's like we've started to polish the outside and we're pretty good you know and subconsciously this seeps into our whole manner and how we relate to God and we stop being fervent and enthusiastic and excited when we get to worship God or live for him we become very cerebral and our love grows cold and my prayer today is that every single one of us will wake up every day and remember that we were the prostitute. And by His grace, He saved us out of that life. And we cannot be the same. And we won't be the same. And we will live out of a fire of gratitude for Jesus. Amen? Because we don't deserve a single good thing from Him. You need a... Accept that. You might be a Christian now and you know Jesus loves you. And, and, but still, every time something good happens in your life, you need to worship him and thank him for his kindness. It's not because you prayed an extra half an hour and you're a good person. It's because he's good. Keep things in perspective. I want to tell you today, listen to me carefully now everything good in your life is from God I want you to think about your spouse now they're a gift from God to you and I believe some of us have not been treating them like a gift and I'm reminded of this if you feel like your love has grown cold I want you to think about the things that you are grateful for in that person simple things for me every day I wake up and I look there And this woman is still there. In spite of who I am and how I treat her sometimes and how I fail to treat her, she's still in my life. And I'm so grateful to God for her that I want to keep telling her. You know now, I'm the kind of person that every day tells my children I love them. Every day I hug them. I want them to know how grateful I am for them in my life. They might annoy the heck out of me sometimes. But I'm so grateful to God for His kindness to me. If we can see past anything good that we feel we earn or deserve and see that God is good and begin to appreciate Him for everything, start thanking Him for everything in your life and it will transform you. Please don't be the Pharisee. It's disgusting Jesus is worthy of more than we can give him and we need to give him our best and we need to get caught up emotionally with him there needs to be tears and snot there needs to be huge excitement and enthusiasm God needs to move us amen Please don't let your relationship with God be all about how you reason him out. Because if that's what you've got, I feel sad for you and I feel like God needs to heal you. Because you're an emotional being and God made you that way because he wants to connect powerfully with you. Amen? Let's pray. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.